Shining a light on autism and life on the spectrum. Welcome to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. A podcast breaking down barriers, stigma and misconceptions around autism. And now, here's your neurologically different host, Orion Kelly. so much for listening to my friend autism i'm orion kelly i'm autistic my purpose is to empower you with knowledge education and growth opportunities through open honest and engaging conversations on autism now this podcast is here to break down stigmas and misconceptions around autism and increase the level of understanding appreciation and acceptance of autistic people my friend autism with orion kelly join the conversation now at the orion kelly facebook page Now, on this episode of the podcast, I'm going to share with you some tips and suggestions that you can easily implement to help the autistic person in your life. Okay, so we've got a few to get through. I really want to help you, so let's do it. Let's just get going. Let's just knuckle down. Have you got a pen and paper ready? I take that as a no. All right, so the first thing you can do is alone time. Mm, you think What? Alone time, okay, it's clearly not exclusive to autistic people. We all need me time, and I get that. Alone time is a vital part of every person's mental health routine. Due to the way autistic people experience the world around us, we tend to require more regular periods of alone time and at a much greater rate than neurotypical people, non-autistic people do. Look at it like a result of the hypersensitivity we experience to the sensory stimuli and the environment around us. Autistic people really benefit from periods of quiet time, alone time, time removed from the hustle and bustle of life, the stresses and demands of life. We do it to stim, to bring ourselves back from the brink of meltdown and shutdown. We regulate. This is important though. Please do not take an autistic person's need to escape from the world and the people in their lives personally. I need alone time. I need to escape. It doesn't mean I don't like my family. Of course, I I love my family, but I'm autistic. And sometimes I simply must escape that environment so I can be the best possible person, the best possible husband and father. It's not about you. It's about self-protection. So by allowing this, by allowing this alone time, it's helping to avoid meltdowns, and shutdowns of the autistic person in your life, which benefits everyone. Win-win. Do that. Next, on my tips to help the autistic person in your life. Communication. Okay, now I often feel guilty, worthless, when someone assumed I'd complete a particular task, but they were just inferring it prior to them thinking the task would be done, right? So from my point of view, I actually had no idea they wanted me to do it. They inferred it. In their mind, they inferred it, which means in their mind, they asked me to do it. Autistic people can struggle understanding intentions, signals, verbal and non-verbal cues, and this very rarely changes. It's part of the makeup of our different brain. So if you want to help us, ask us by providing clear, 
unambiguous language. Inferring example. Wow, there is a heap of dirty clothes in the laundry. Later on that day, wife comes home. All right, why didn't you put any loads of washing on? I told you this morning to put loads of washing on. What? You didn't tell me to put loads of washing on. Kind of remember like you you provided an observation. You, you observed there being lots of dirty clothes. I agree with that observation. I didn't know you wanted me to wash the clothes, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Um, we're not trying to be rude or, or, or smart or obstructive. No, it's just, it's an inference. What, what did, be clear. Don't patronise. Don't get annoyed. You can't, this is a person you're talking to who has a, has a neurological developmental disability. Just be clear. And you can ask, hey, does that make sense? Simple. Be clear. Unambiguous. Black and white. Makes sense? Good. Do that. Next tip to help the autistic person in your life. No expectations. And by the way, I reckon this just about helps everyone. Autistic people are born with different brains. Even though it may be ridiculous to me, many neurotypical people still seem to expect autistic people to behave and react the same as them. You might still think that. How on earth can people born with different brains who experience the world in a completely different way and who can struggle to process it like neurotypicals, how can we react and behave like neurotypicals? We can't. Okay, so remove all expectations of how you expect the autistic person in your life to react in situations. Child or adult, remove expectations on how you expect the autistic person in your life to behave in the world around them to express their emotions. It will almost never be how you expect it to be. It happens to us all the time. Oh, geez, I didn't expect that. I reckon a lot of the times it's positive. It's like, oh, geez, our, our autistic son's actually nice. <laughs> no, that's not true. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, whoa, yeah, it's a good surprise sometimes. I guess what I'm saying is removing expectations is actually really helpful. Placing expectations on someone with a different brain to just be like everyone else, just act normal, these kind of expectations, it's, they're, they're not helpful for anyone. Stop doing them. Okay, now listen to this one, please. I'll write this one down. The next tip to help the autistic person in your life, optional socialising. Now, for neurotypical people, non-autistic people, most forms of socialising are natural, spontaneous, enjoyable experiences. They're just part of life, right? Just part of day-to-day life. Hey, let's socialise. Like, holy crap. I couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, I've got a diagnosis as well of social anxiety disorder, but oh my goodness. Right? There's no preparation for you guys too. You have no preparation required to socialise. You probably think that's ridiculous. You might think that's funny. You think it's funny that I think it's amazing that you don't have to prepare just to go into the real world and socialise? Trust me, my friends. For autistic people, social interaction can be a draining, anxious, damaging experience. For me, 100%. Right? Various challenges can impact this. We've obviously got social interaction and the environments that that occurs in, limited capacity to process and interact the way neurotypicals would expect us to. Think of that deficit too. Stresses and demands placed upon you, and it could be by people or environments, the equation between that and your capacities to deal with or overcome those stresses and demands. Now, the capacities will not always be able to reach, right? The capacities will be less than. So this is, this is an equation that factors into socialising. 
So optional socialising is really important, but I, I don't want to go over the line here and I guess confuse you. Please don't assume it's always going to be a no from the autistic person in your life. And then as a result, oh, look, don't ask them. Don't bother asking. Don't bother inviting blah because, you know, it's just, it's a no. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't assume. Please ask the question. But see, it's an acknowledgement simply by acknowledging this and providing that opt-in, opt-out choice for all the social gatherings and interactions for the autistic person in your life will obviously make a big difference. Do you see the difference there, though? Instead of going, oh, they don't, they don't like social stuff to help them, we just don't invite them. Well, that doesn't help them. What if they wanted to go, right? It could be a good experience for them. And like I said, I say this all the time, we're all different. Everyone's different, right? They, you can't wrap them up in cotton wool. They, they are going to need, like myself and my son, to experience the world. But you have to do it in a way where you're being supportive of them, right? You're enabling them to learn and grow as opposed to forcing, which absolutely happens with autistic kids. I know there's parents out there that think they're doing the right thing when they force their autistic kid in the car so the rest of the family can go and visit, you know, grandma and grandpa or the family or the friends and you force it upon that autistic child, they must go. That's, that's not helpful and it's going to make it worse. So the opt-in, opt-out is really important. Now you might think, how can you get a kid to opt-in and opt-out? Well, I'm sorry, guys, but if you're a parent and you have an autistic child, maybe you have other children, you're not all going. I'm sorry, you're not all going. Tough. This is our life. This is my, my wife and my life. This might be your life. This is not the whinging corner. This is reality. I'm trying to help you. If you opt in, opt down, okay, well, then you're going to have to take turns. One of you is taking the other kids to grandma and grandpa's and one of you is staying home. It is what it is. Get over it. Optional socialising is super important. Now, following on from that, the next tip on how to help the autistic person in your life is don't force things. This is very, very similar to what we just talked about. Parents of autistic kids, we often fall into the trap. You, know, you can include me and my wife, of forcing their child to do things. That it seems harmless to us, right? It seems harmless to you. It seems harmless to the rest of the family. It isn't though, right? I mean, we know deep down. We're still, when the autistic child refuses to do it, they can often be met with judgment or anger. For goodness sakes, just get in the car. We're just, it's, it's just your grandparents. For goodness sakes. Like, you know, we're, we're not taking you to be eaten by a lion. Just get in the car. You know, that, it doesn't come from a bad place, but it's not helpful. This is all about you as the parent. It's got nothing to do with the autistic person in your life. This is all coming from you. You want it to be a certain way. You want to live a certain way. You've got certain expectations not being met. And, it's not, and you're blaming a, an autistic person, right? It's not about them. It's about you. Not forcing things is so important. Autistic people, sometimes we need to stim to avoid meltdowns, shutdowns, sensory overload. Or we simply need to process the environment around us. So we stim. Forcing autistic people to stop stimming, stop making noises, you know, stop fiddling, stop moving. Forcing them to stop regulating themselves only makes it worse. Telling a child, an autistic child or autistic person, can you, for goodness sakes, can you stop moving so much? Can you stop making that stupid noise? Can you stop fiddling, stimming? Can you stop doing that? You are telling them to stop regulating themselves, stop processing the world around them. It's making it worse for everyone. Forcing an autistic person to make eye contact. Come on, guys. Seriously. It, again, it's all about you. Oh, you think it's disrespectful. Okay, great. Well, that's your problem. Don't force social interaction like we've said. You know, I personally hate making phone calls. I, abs I think it's a phobia, an actual phobia. I'm cool to text. I'm cool to email. 
you know, I'm cool for all the like the messaging and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even that bad with Zoom and stuff because it's on a computer, but I absolutely hate calling people. Anxiety ridden. It's a social thing, obviously. Forcing me to do it, well, I mean, it has serious effects on me. I'm a grown man. The difference is providing an encouraging, supportive push when you know the autistic person in your life wants some help to do or experience something. Well, that's really important. And that should not be confused with forcing someone against their will. There's a big difference between not forcing them and understanding, oh, they, I reckon that they, they're looking for some encouragement and some support here. So I'm going to give that to them and help them get to this experience or environment. It's a big difference. Just don't force things. The next tip is advocate. Be your autistic child, friend, or partner's biggest advocate. Use your strengths as a neurotypical person, non-autistic person, to assist them in discovering their passions and special interests. Help them find training, employment opportunities that you know that you know match them, match their special interests, their passions, their knowledge and skills. An autistic brain is a, a widely untapped resource in the mainstream workforce. Right? People don't get it. They just think it's just we just trouble. We're an untapped resource that people do not understand the value of. If people or organisations ask the autistic person in their life to do something for them, you have to ensure that they're paid, right? As any other person would be. So if you have an autistic person in your life and people or organisations, maybe, maybe through you, ask if the autistic person in your life could do some particular work, advocate for them and make sure they're paid just like everyone else. Now, I've experienced this on both sides. We're entitled to payment for providing experiences and insight. Don't sell us short. Uh, both sides, what I mean, I've worked for organisations who have uh, paid me beyond my wildest dreams in real legitimate money for my work. And other organisations who have used me to help their own organisation and my payment has been nothing more than a container of uh, therapy, putty to play with in your hands. Really? Really? Or... A $40 voucher. A $40 voucher? What is this how you pay all your employees? Seriously. Advocate for the same rights you'd expect anyone <laughs> to get. Autistic people are not a subclass of humans. The next tip to help the autistic people in your life is embrace routine. Autistic people, like me, rely on various daily routines. Look, for many different reasons. And it's not because we're lazy or incapable. It's for the most part to keep us balanced and regulated in a world designed to overwhelm and unbalance us. So, I mean, I get that it can sound and feel like Groundhog Day. For you, as a non-autistic person, remember, it's for them. It's all, really, we as autistic people have to survive, to recover, to regulate. So allowing and accepting the importance of an autistic person's routine is mutually beneficial. It significantly decreases the occurrence of meltdowns and shutdowns and of course changing routines changing plans increase the occurrence of meltdowns and shutdowns and let's talk about meltdowns if you have an autistic person in your life chances are you've witnessed probably your fair share of meltdowns your fair share of shutdowns for starters this is a response triggered by the brain a response some degree of overload the brain has triggered a uncontrollable response, an action that is uncontrollable. If the autistic person in your life is melting down, they cannot be reached. It is not controllable. It is not a staged tantrum. It's not a manipulation. It's a brain response. 
If it's got to this point, all signals and red flags have been ignored or missed. And I know you know when the autistic person in your life is getting a bit too overwhelmed and you just sometimes just pretend they don't happen or they're not happening because it's easier for you in the situation, right? By viewing them as they are, uncontrollable responses, you should feel, I think, more open to kindness and compassion rather than what the response can be, which is anger and judgment. You've got an autistic kid, for example, or an autistic adult, maybe your partner, having a meltdown. It's embarrassing or it just makes you annoyed or, or angry. But if you look at them and go, this person is having a response triggered by their brain that they can't control, that has to open up some sort of level of kindness and compassion. And also, they actually can be quite debilitating and exhausting for an autistic person to go through, I can tell you right now. So you've got to give us time to recover as well, time to rest so he can feel comfortable enough to re-enter the world that just melted us down. Does that make sense? And the final tip I want to give, maybe the most important tip on how you can help the autistic person in your life, it's a big one. And, and honestly, still probably the hardest thing to achieve from family and friends of an autistic person is, okay, so if your child is diagnosed as autistic, please just accept and embrace that they were born autistic and they will die autistic. Acceptance is the biggest, most important tip. It isn't a disease. It cannot be cured. It is who we are. Do not fall into the trap of expecting it to change or get better. Please, I hear this all the time. Because I'm an adult, I must be much better now, right? They actually think my autism must have weakened. Seriously. Really? And of course it doesn't. You can just look at the DSM-5, which even that is a flawed diagnosis tool, but just look at that. It talks about, for adults, when the demands, the stresses and demands placed upon them continually more than their limited capacities to deal with them, they're clearly signs of an autistic person. And it's part of the diagnostic tool. So, so that, that tells you, as you go through life, there are more demands and stresses placed upon you, right? <laughs> so you're not going to be less autistic. You're going to be, it's going to be harder to not be autistic. And again, we've talked about expectations. I think that expectation that, you know, they can be changed. We can change the autistic person in our life. We, they will get better. It will get easier, whatever you want to say. I mean, okay, so that might make you feel better. But it, it can have a significant impact on the mental health of the autistic person in your life. I can only speak on behalf of me as an adult. If you're a parent or carer of an autistic child, I can tell you I'm an adult and I don't feel less autistic. In fact, I think I'm probably more and more my authentic autistic self the older I get. I'm more autistic and less masked, less camouflaged, less hidden. Okay, So that's the facts of that I can tell you where your autistic child will hopefully end up, which is being more their authentic self. As a result, you aren't going to change them. They're just going to be themselves. If we can accept that and accept who they are, this is really big, I think. There's still arguments between autistic people and parents of autistic kids about how their child should be identified. The idea that a, that a parent of an autistic child has the, some sort of right to say, well, I don't care about the preference of the autistic community. You know, they're my kid. And I don't want to put a label on them. You don't want to put a label on them. See, acceptance isn't about putting a label on them. Acceptance is about accepting the label argument is actually irrelevant. It does not exist. There is no label. You are autistic or you are not. You are autistic or you are not. If you are autistic, 
It's because you have a different brain, a brain wired differently. A brain classed as a brain that has a neurological developmental difference or disability and many and varied different challenges and strengths. All autistic people are different. You cannot put a label on an autistic person because without their autistic brain, they are not a person. So you are either autistic or you're not. Now, people still say, no, I, don't, I just don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I'm me and I have autism. Again, this argument, I always find this argument bizarre. It's, I mean, there are some things you can say, you know, you, you identify with, but it, it doesn't make you – like, for example, let's say I had a horrible accident and now I'm in a wheelchair. Well, I'm not going to say I'm a wheelchair. Like, I'm me and I, I use a wheelchair to get around. But the wheelchair doesn't define me, right? So you can see how every particular disability or label is individual to the particular disability. This particular example, the wheelchair example, is different to being autistic. We are born with a different brain. You die with a different brain. Saying you have autism, you can't put it down. It's not a backpack you put on in the morning and take off at night, right? Oh, these, yeah, this is me and my, my backpack. The acceptance comes in many ways, but it, it's disheartening the arguments that can be had between autistic people and non-autistic people in a way where they think because, let's say, so autistic people are part of a minority, right? And that, therefore, the parents and carers are part of a majority, which is non-autistic people. And they think because there's more people in the autism community, which I guess is for people who are connected to autism but don't identify as autistic, right? Because there's more of them than people in the autistic community who are obviously part of a disabled minority. That then, therefore, their word is more, more valuable. It holds more weight. That, that's, that's not uh, – let's be clear. No, not true. Not true. It doesn't matter – if there's a billion, a billion people of one class and a hundred people of another class, if that billion people are trying to are trying to say they know better about how it feels to be and how to live the life of the other class with no experience, then they're wrong. <laughs> the only people who know how to live are the hundred people of that particular class. Do you see what I'm saying? You, you, you can't be from a different group and tell another group how they feel, how they experience the world, what the preference is for them. Acceptance is important forever. It never becomes less important because you have to think about the ramifications of a child becoming an adult. Oh, well, we didn't want to say they were autistic because we didn't want to label them. So that it becomes like a dirty secret. And then as they grow up and become older, they realise that the people in their life try to hide it from the world or from, from them or whatever. And somehow this is a good thing. And now they're, they're, they're trying to work out, well, who am I? And does that mean that they, my own family didn't really accept me for who I am? Or does that mean that, well, it doesn't define me? It doesn't define you? I mean, it, it keeps you alive. It controls every part of you. It's called a brain. An autistic brain. Rant over. Acceptance is just important. Please don't get into these like round and round we go arguments about ego. It's just, it's a different person. Accept them. Embrace them. Allow them to live their best lives. My friend, autism with Orion Kelly. Hey, thank you so much once again for listening to My Friend Autism. I appreciate you checking out the podcast. Now, if this episode has resonated, I'd 
absolutely be delighted if you would consider sharing it with your family and friends, the world at large. We can reach more people. That's important because what it means is we can hopefully raise the level of understanding and acceptance of autistic people. You can also check me out on my socials if you want to continue the conversation. Find me on Facebook, follow the Orion Kelly page and all the other socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the website, orionkelly.com.au. Go to my website, O-R-I-O-N-K-E-L-L-Y.com.au. You've got my podcasts, details on me. You can reach out and send me a message. Check out my YouTube videos. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Orion Kelly, that autistic guy on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel and check out those videos. Again, we hope to reach as many people as possible with, I guess, more actually autistic lived experiences and raise that level of understanding and acceptance of the autistic community. Till next time, thank you so much for opening up your minds and embracing differences. You've been listening to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. To join the conversation, get in touch with Orion and never miss an episode. Like the Orion Kelly page on Facebook or visit orionkelly.com.au.